to a Hope 103.2 podcast. Well, for a week or so now, we've been looking at the wisdom contained in the wonderful little New Testament book, The Letter of James. This is a letter written by James, the brother of Jesus. It was written to the Christians in the middle of the first century. And what James teaches us is as relevant today as it was when it was first written. We're up to James chapter 2, verse 1. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there, or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? Well, James has already hinted at his economic concerns in the first chapter of the letter. Now in chapter 2, he gives this topic a pretty serious treatment. He begins by rebuking those who would dare to favour the rich at the expense of the poor. I love the implied reason where to avoid favoritism toward the rich. James says that we are believers in the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. And because of this, we don't show favoritism. Christians believe in the one God who has exalted Jesus Christ to his right hand. Those who truly know this realize that all criteria for measuring our relative glory are irrelevant. Short people, like me, know not to measure ourselves in the presence of, say, the tallest man in the world. In the same way, Christians should know better than to measure one another's importance when meeting in the presence of the glorious Christ. Gold rings or shabby clothes are meaningless compared with the riches of Christ's majesty. Now, the example of favoritism James offers here is pretty interesting. A wealthy man comes into church and is shown what he calls a good seat. And then a poor bloke enters the building and is told to sit on the floor. Now, the good seat mentioned there in verse 3 is not simply the seat with the best view, like the box seat at the football. It's one of the seats of honour reserved for people of higher social standing. These were commonplace in James's day, both in banquet halls and, interestingly, in Jewish synagogues of the first century. Christian congregations, though, must not emulate the world like this. They must avoid all such worldly pollution, as James would call it. Now, James' assessment of favoritism there in verse 4 is pretty strong, isn't it? He says, Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? In modern English, we tend to reserve the word evil for the really bad people, not for those who simply favour the rich. In the opinion of James, though, few things are more repulsive 
than valuing wealth at the expense of relationships. And favoritism is a classic example of just that. And so James says, it's evil. James then fires off some rhetorical questions in verses 5 to 7. These are designed to highlight the absurdity of Christians showing favoritism to the wealthy. The first question about God having chosen the poor to inherit the kingdom deliberately recalls something Jesus said. In Matthew 6 verse 20, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now, James is just pointing out what everyone in his audience knew. With a few notable exceptions, the first Christians came from among the relatively poor, the artisans, the farmers, the fishermen, and so on. God chose to reach the world from the bottom up. How ironic then, argues James, that believers would now favour the rich and, in the words of verse 6, insult the poor. The irony continues through verses 6 and 7, where James points out that it's the rich who are exploiting the Christians, dragging them into court and slandering the name of Jesus. The rich don't always do this, but they often do and certainly were at the time James wrote this letter. Favouring the rich, then, is plain ridiculous as well as being evil. Discrimination today may not be as obvious as providing special seats for the well-to-do, but it's no less real. In our culture, we are always showing special attention to the wealthy and well-dressed. Open any page of any lifestyle magazine. It's not you and me there. It's the rich and famous. It's those people we admire and aspire to. Consider the social platform contemporary society gives to musicians and actors and sports stars. Listen to the parochial way some people talk about the school they went to or the school they intend to send their kids to. And do we really think that a Datsun family dressed by Lowe's would receive the same welcome in a modern church as the BMW family dressed by Country Road? I hope so, but I fear not. Avoiding favouritism is not an expression of a mere liberal humanism, you know, being good to each other for goodness sake. The issue raised by James cuts to the heart of what it means to believe in the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. See, some people are wealthier, more educated, better dressed and generally more impressive than others. Viewed from a merely humanistic perspective, it's difficult to see why we wouldn't prefer some over others. But as soon as we understand Christ's majesty over everyone and begin to view the world from that lofty perspective, making distinctions based on wealth or clothes or status or anything else becomes farcical. It's a betrayal of the only truly glorious one, Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God, forgive me for measuring myself against others. Please give me such a clear perspective on your glory over all things that I see myself and others in light of who you are. Please help me to treat all people with dignity and love. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. 
1032. Thanks for listening.